Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Fastest 40. It is episode five of season two. You got Dan here and Trey by my side as always. What's going on, Trey? What's going on, Dan? Welcome back to the show, everybody. It's week six. Let's get after it this week. Got some good football this weekend, including college. Mm -hmm. So let's have a weekend. Let's go. Let's get 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, you know I could run the fastest 40, fast, 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 heard about it, now they asking for me, got it, now they asking for me, you know I could run the fastest 40, 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 you know I all right everybody you know the drill pregame stretches got to give a shout out to cs designs the sponsor of this segment Corey sanders check him out he's got his website www.coreysandersdesigns.com he's got an ig where you can see his artwork the things that he puts together for people with your own eyes at cs designs official um, check him out on facebook as well you can find their company page there uh, this you know he offers a full service creative company whether it's videography photography graphic design web design you know he's going to be able to take your vision for your your brand and help you market it the way that you want to your target audience so uh, give him a call check him out he really does put together some high quality pieces works for sports teams works for um, very large companies so you know the guy's got credibility when it comes to that <clears throat> always does does right by us as well absolutely 100 so, uh, shout out to Corey. Um, let's go ahead and jump into this first stretch here and you know, it's this is going to be kind of like addressing the elephant in the room. You know what I mean? Right. Like, what would this show be if we didn't talk about John Gruden today? Right, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Um, after some serious emails sort of leaked from the last decade, it was anywhere from you know ten to seven, five to seven years ago, roughly. <clears throat> These emails surfaced, and it was just a myriad of you know, misogynistic terms, homophobic expressions, and even some, you know, racial tropes that kind of came out um, as part of the Washington football team investigation. So these were these were emails that Gruden sent while he was employed with ESPN. He sent from his personal email to executives and friends that he had in various offices around the NFL. And, you know, most of these went to Washington. At least that's what what's been uncovered, right? You know, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so what I'm scratching my head about is, yeah, John Gruden said some things he shouldn't have said, but how is he the only one that's been fired so far? Like he resigned technically, right? But they haven't fired anyone in Washington's front no, office. Nope. Just John Gruden. So it didn't even affect the organization they were investigating. 100%. So they have 850,000 emails, right? And they've only released the ones about John Gruden. So what are we waiting on? Were they Did they want John Gruden out? They're like, here's our out. This is how we're getting him. <laughs> you know? And, and then every head coach, they probably got on a spreadsheet. And we're like, we got emails on this guy. And we right. have a video of this guy. And then we have text from this guy. 
are they just holding information? I mean, what the hell is going on? You know what I mean? Like, release everything. There's Be something transparent. going on here. Yeah. And, you know, I don't disagree with the fact that the Raiders, you know, Mark Davis, he came in, talked to John Gruden directly, and they both agreed it was best he resigned. I think I, the reason why I agree with it is because I don't think he had the respect of his locker room anymore. And as a head coach, there's no way you can continue coaching without the respect of your players and your staff. I agree. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, you know, he came out and said that himself. He felt it was best. He loves the Raiders. He loved his team. And, you know, he felt it was the best course of action for him to resign for them to to continue their success. And the fact that they have the NFL's first openly active gay player on the roster, and he said some, you know, some homophobic things in his in his emails, and the fact that you know a lot of those players, you know, they were offended by it. That's just the bottom line. And um, when it comes to that sort of a thing, how you know it's really it becomes difficult to respect somebody at that point. You know, when you when you feel that way, I guess so. <clears throat> at the end of the day, it was something that I think needed to be done, not because of cancel culture or anything like that, because I think a lot of that gets kind of taken and blown out of proportion, but because of the nature of the job. Right, I agree. That's my take yeah. on that. Yeah, I mean, you have to lead from the front being a, a head coach, right? Absolutely. <clears throat> the shitty part is, is it was 11 years ago, or five or seven or whatever, maybe, right? right? And he could have had a turning point at some point. He was like, "Man, what I'm doing is not right." Yeah, you know. And I'm I'm going to correct it. Let's say it was three years ago. Let's say it was when he took the job in in Oakland, and he changed his behavior. You know, or or whatever. Maybe maybe he didn't change. You right. Know? Who knows? We, I mean, we don't know. And that's the thing is like, here's, I don't agree with what he said, obviously, but what you say your own personal life like he didn't do it in a business setting it was something where he was reaching out to somebody uh personally and you know for that to cost you your job is kind of unfortunate for him you know but um it's just one of those things where in today's climate you can't really say that type of stuff because of the type of reactions that you get, not only from your, you know, and your employer, uh, especially when you have such a high ranking, high profile kind of a job, but also because of the nature of a job, like I've explained. Right. It's also kind of um, ignorant for ESPN to come out here and rag and tag this dude while he was an ESPN employee. He was an anchor on your yeah. Monday Night Football team. <laughs> right. You freaking Yeah, jabroni. which is just fantastic he's running gruden grinders yeah i mean have they put out a statement have they said anything i don't think highly unlikely well you know they just report they what i've seen is that they've reported what's happened right he's resigned because of this mark davis came here and did this just kind of telling the story as it happened without any of the hot takes now i'm sure there's been videos i don't get a chance to watch sports center as much as i'd like of course but I'm sure Stephen A. Smith has come out there and said stuff. I know Keyshawn Johnson, he's an ESPN employee who co- was coached by Gruden in Tampa. And I know he said some things where he said yeah. he never really clicked with him. He always felt like, you know, he just didn't really get along with him for whatever reason. And, um, you know, I, I don't know the full context there, of course. But, you know, it's, it's a big it's a big story. He's the first coach to be fired in the, this year. I mean, he resigned, but he was fired. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, technicalities aside, 
and he had a three and two record. I think there, I, he definitely was not my pick for first coach to be fired. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Yeah. Even though I think he's criminally overrated. Agreed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but enough about Gruden. What's done is done. Um, I'd be surprised to see if he gets a shot any time in the next five years to coach another team. I don't think he wants to. I mean, at this, I think it's over for him. Yeah. At He's this point, like, you just got to be I'm so over this out. shit. Yeah. yeah. You just got to be out. Yeah. And, you know, it's a tough, tough hit. Tampa Bay actually pulled him out of their ring of honor. Right. Which is crazy to me because Buffalo still has O.J. Simpson in their ring of honor. Um, so, right. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. What's the standard here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, Urban Meyer's off the hook. 100%. <laughs> He's off the hook everywhere other than Jacksonville. Yeah. You know, Shad I mean, Khan obviously has his thumb on that dude right Yeah, now. so, I mean, inside the locker room in, in Jacksonville is probably a little different story. But, uh, yeah, nobody gives a shit about Urban Meyer anymore. Yeah. it's It was yesterday's news. Yep. Today, John Gruden is the shittiest person in the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> tomorrow will be somebody else, so yep, it tomorrow, is what it is. Today, it's, today is John Gruden's day. But Urban Meyer's got to be wiping some sweat off his brow after that one. For yeah, sure. I, I want to know how long Washington planned on retiring Sean Taylor's jersey. That how is long have they thing. been planning this? Well, they re- they released the news. Here's what I've seen. Because the president of the team, he's a former player, he actually released a statement about this. He said that they had planned it three weeks ago. But they didn't announce it until three days ago because of a miscommunication with their PR team or something. Oh, and horseshit. Yeah. It's just a bunch bullshit. of it's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. It's a bunch of Washington football team type of shit. Some yeah. Dan Snyder shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Also And it's sad. It is. Yeah, it's just a scapegoat. It's sad they're using someone whose career was cut short as a scapegoat. Yeah. Also, what's taking so long? If you like when I heard this, I was like, "Why the fuck has this not been I done?" I thought it years already ago? happened, right? You yeah, know? that's why it's never been questioned. I thought it was already yeah. a done deal. Why would you not? Who? Yeah, why have you not done that? I don't watch Washington football enough to know if someone has worn the number twenty-one in the past seventeen years. But that's how long it's been since we right. lost Sean Taylor. You know what I mean? I know. Which it's it's crazy to think about that, but. <clears throat> that should have been done the year it happened. Right. The kid yeah. was amazing. He was a good guy, and he was trying to protect his family from an invader and just happened to get, you know, injured in the right spot on his ankle. Right. Or on his leg. Right. To, you know, cut that artery, unfortunately, and uh, the rest is history. So, you know, it's just one of those deals where is long overdue and is terrible timing. It makes it, it totally ruins the sentiment agreed of 100 yeah somebody i mean if the nf nflpa could somehow um you know kick this back a little bit or appeal this say hey you yeah. guys need to hold the fuck on and and well i guess there's a bigger conversation to go on here you know where's the investigators you know mm-hmm. why haven't we talked about washington already why has it been swept under the rug they're still investigating after like two years right i mean but come on it's, those files are gone, long gone. It's got to be. There is somebody's desk that has 
Goodell's pocket. Yeah. You know it's time I mean? to shit or get off the pot. I know. Man. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just not, it doesn't taste right. No. It tastes real shitty. It, it's not good. It's yeah. not good. And I'm hoping, you know, I don't know if this has already been done, but it'd be really cool to see Canton do something for Sean Taylor. And I'm not saying make him an honorary inductee or anything like that, but, you know, if they were to put some sort of a memorial there for him or some sort of honorary section for them to show what his accomplishments were. Right. You know, that's something that would be... I'm sure they already do. They might have. And I mean, I, hell, they got you know, Andy Reid's face, face shield sitting <laughs> they, in there. You know and his I mean? freaking black forces in there, yeah. too. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. You never know. They might already have that, and you're right. I mean, it would just be nice to for him to get his due. Yeah, agreed. You know, but anyway, the, the NFL's growing. We'll we'll change gears here a little bit to some lighter notes. The NFL's growing. International games are being played again. We've had we have a game in London this weekend. We had a game in London last weekend. Um, they're starting talks with Canada to get another game up there. Mexico City's always in play, and they're trying to expand. So one of the city, one of the countries rather that they're trying to expand to is Germany. And they've narrowed it down to three potential cities. Those names were not released in the the PR <clears throat> in the PR release for from the NFL. But uh, Germany is the next stop. And then they also have plans for Spain and France to host games as well. So can you imagine like uh, PSG Stadium in Paris hosting a game there and that massive coliseum that they have there? Like it's insane. No, I'm so far out on this. You don't like it? I hate that they're taking away home games from teams, dude. Yeah. This bothers the hell out of me. I like How that about they're this? growing the game. How about this? We add three teams to the league, four teams to the league, two teams you can start with two, whatever, and then go four. You put one in Mexico City, you put one in Toronto, you put one in somewhere in Germany, so it kicked Germany's ass again, 3-0. <laughs> and then you put one in London or whatever. <laughs> There's your four extra teams, and they can participate as actual parts of the NFL. I mean, instead I, of taking away from the fans, the teams. I mean, when you have games overseas or different countries, you take away from the whole entirety of that organization. Yeah. Between from top all the way to the bottom as the fans. I think what they're trying to do is develop more fandom, obviously, in other countries. But. I don't know if you remember this, but back in the day we had NFL Europe. No. It was like the developmental NFL league that the NFL sponsored. Um, the only reason I know this is because I used to play Madden, and if you hit a trigger, it takes you to the NFL Europe teams. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the fire, like the yes, Centurions, yeah, 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 those yeah. kind of teams. So I think they're maybe trying to because there's so many talented players in the league right now and so many talented players that don't have jobs i mean todd Gurley still doesn't have a job right so if they're able to create this sort of developmental league and revive nfl europe and bring back all these teams and maybe instead of being individually branded teams they're the same team so like the chiefs could have a london affiliate you know what i mean oh okay and so kind of make it kind of like how the minor leagues are where you know you have the chicago cubs and then you have the right, yeah. you know schomburg bears or whatever right, the fuck, yeah, you yeah, know yeah um 
I think that may be a route they're trying to take. It not only can, you know, grow the game and get to a point where who knows one day football's in the Olympics, but it also could generate extra revenue and pull in more of those dollars from from other countries. Uh, that 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 way, it's not just merchandise and the occasional ticket sales. It's actual franchises that are in play over there. Yeah, I mean, you see, uh, are they filling up stadiums? The London Games? They're they've been kind of sellout crowds from what I've seen. I know okay. it's a it? diverse crowd too. You see Dolphins jerseys, Falcons jerseys, oh, Chiefs yeah. jerseys, you know Rams jerseys. It's everything. There are there are people in other countries that'll get up at the butt crack of dawn to watch our games, or stay up till four in the morning to watch a prime time. You know what I mean? There's definitely fandom out there for those other countries. <clears throat> it's just a matter of continuing that growth because you know football <laughs> has a grip on the whole world right yeah and i'm sure the nfl would love to replicate that you know that success yeah i agree i think that talking about that that to that magnitude mm-hmm. that's 100 years out oh yeah you know no I mean? without a doubt that's it's a, a long way shift. down the road <laughs> that's a long way yeah. down the road but the game's just so exciting I mean, Agreed. me being a football fan, I don't think there's a more exciting game Like as far as the action that you get, the speed of the game, the caliber of the athlete that comes in and plays this game. It's pretty incredible to watch. And for us to expose this to other countries and people that maybe have never even seen a football at all. Right. You know, it's one of those things where they come in and they're like, whoa, it's like when I watch rugby. Yeah. I'm like, damn, rugby's kind of tight. I know, I agree. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Or like uh, hockey. I'm not huge in hockey until I went to college, and I was like, you know, hockey's kind of fun to watch. Yeah, I was actually in the same exact boat. Yeah, yeah. Never watched a hockey game until I went to college. Yep. So it's just one of those things that this expansion will be nothing but, do nothing but good things for the NFL. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I'm just sick of them taking away home games. I don't want them to take games from us. They gave us a home game this year. What I do like is the 8.30 game in the morning. That's fun. You wake up, crack a coffee. I mean, a bush light, sorry. (laughs) 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 And then, I mean, you have football for literally 14 hours in the day on Sundays now. You know what I mean? It's fantastic. That's the nice part. So, fun stat. Um, Last week was the longest football day in NFL history. It was like 14 and a half straight hours of NFL. So Beautiful. you had your London game at 8.30, all through, the, all through the you know noon, late noon, and then the Sunday night football slot. Because there was an hour rain delay at halftime while oh, we were at yeah, Arrowhead, yeah, yeah. it pushed the game till damn near midnight yeah. and created the longest day of football in league history. Cool. Isn't that we fun? were a part of that. Yeah, we were there. <laughs> we were there to cap it off. So let's jump into one more point before we get into the week five recap. Unfortunately, there are some big name injuries and it's crazy because a lot of these injuries are all coming from the same position. In my mind, there's, you know, you've got your top 15 running backs. You can, you know, mix and match the order however you want. But these top 15, top 20 running backs are missing five backs this week. You've got Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, Chris Carson, and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. All nursing injuries this week. <clears throat> Christian McCaffrey is trending in the right direction. Barkley suffered a massive ankle injury. I mean, the dude's ankle is as big as a softball. Nick Chubb was kind of under the radar with his injury this week, and 
all of a sudden he's not playing. Um, needed him this week, but luckily I've got Cream Hunt, so don't worry, people. My team's still going to do all right. Chris Carson, he was placed on the IR this week with a neck injury. And then you've got Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who suffered that injury against Buffalo earlier in the game and uh, was also added to the IR this week. So a lot of big names that were, were missing in the NFL from a position that you know, really is kind of short on the big names or the consistency uh, because of the nature of the running back position. So I'm eager to see who can step up and fill in the gaps for these guys. You got a lot of guys that can plug in um, behind these five backs and um, a lot of potential for, for some running backs to make a name for themselves. You know, you got Chuba Hubbard, <clears throat> Devontae Freeman's getting another opportunity with Barkley being out, Chris Carson out. So that means what uh alex collins is the bell cow yep. there in seattle yep. yeah. and he's looked good he has and then you got uh daryl williams with the chiefs who we all know has potential so a lot that can happen here all right so pregame stretch is all wrapped up let's recap week five starting with the game of the week colts at ravens what an exciting way to to cap off a, a fun week of football Monday night. Weren't expecting that to be such a great game, honestly. Yeah, I, I know either. I wasn't. Yeah, and I, we talked on the show last week that the Colts were plus 255 to win the game. So, you know, watching that game play out, I was like, holy shit, you know, there's going to be a lot of people making a lot of money on this shit, you know. But the Ravens pulled it out. But something to look at, and I, I looked at this earlier in the week or saw this earlier in the week, is that, and this was evident in this game, mm-hmm. um, 13 missed field goals. Or extra points and 12 missed field goals just last weekend in the NFL. That's fucking 25 kicks. Yeah, so that's a struggling special teams as a whole in the NFL. Obviously, we've seen a lot of changes yeah. in the last two years. Last three years, I guess we could say, too. Yeah. Um, in specifically special teams. Do you think that's got a part to play in that? Do you think the kickers are getting shitty? Well, I mean, here's what here's my take on it. You know, They moved the extra point back. That's automatically going to increase the margin of error yep. on the extra point, especially when you're kicking from like the five yard line back where it used to be placed. So, you know, that's a huge reason for the extra points. As far as the missed field goals, you know, Mason Crosby and uh, McPherson, the kicker for the Bengals, they missed a combined like six kicks that day, uh, field goals. So that's half of that total from the week. I think the rest of the missed field goals are the fact that NFL teams are kicking field goals from further out. Agreed. You know, yeah, it's right. you see Justin Tucker kicks a 66-yarder. Who the fuck tries that? Bangs it home. 10 bro. years ago. He banged it home. Yeah, he did. But no one would try that unless they were in Denver. Not at all. Back no. in the day. And, and you know, a 45-yard field goal was impressive in the early 2000s. And, and kicking a 50-yard was like, damn, they're going for 52? Yeah, no right. Way they make it. <laughs> yeah, right. And now kickers That's are... routine. Exactly. They're just banging those things in. Right. So I think the fact that they're just trying to continue to push that boundary on the kicking distance and, and you know, pushing these kickers kind of to the limit to, to sort out who they want, because I've seen more kicker changes the last five years than I saw all of growing up like right. you know you had your teams that you know would occasionally switch out kickers but you know teams would have a kicker for 20 years right 15 they're, they're, years there's still those old heads you know you got you got mason crosby uh tucker for instance yep. you have those five six guys that have been in the league for 15 plus yep 
And then you got these young heads coming in mm-hmm. and just cycling. Cycling in and out. Right. Yeah, Robbie Gould, another one of those guys that's been in the league a long time. And, you know, I'm just thinking of, like, back in the day when I used to play Madden, just for instance, it was, like, Vinatieri, Mike Vanderjack, David Akers. Like, all those guys spent 15 years in the league, and there was a list of, like, 20 of those kinds of right. guys. Janikowski, um, you know, they, I could just go on and on with those kickers and – I think that's kind of what it is. They're trying to find the cream of the crop, that next Justin Tucker kind of guy. And they also, you know, they're they're more athletic than they were back then, kickers are. They actually work out. (laughs) So, uh, you know, you don't got beer belly guys in the the league kicking anymore. Absolutely. Yeah, you got a responsibility to go down there and tackle somebody. You know, you can't be 10 on 11. Right. You know what I mean? (laughs) Exactly. So, biggest storyline to come out of last week. The Bills dominated the Chiefs in Arrowhead. They are the class of the AFC, uh, surefire number one seed right now. Yep. So it's it's going to be hard for the Chiefs to overcome that, and we can talk more about that in a minute. But the Bills are number one, and Josh Allen got the monkey off of his back, so to speak. Right. He was able to beat Patrick Mahomes handily and did it in his house. So whatever mental edge that Patrick Mahomes may have had over Josh Allen, all of that is gone. He was able to do it in the toughest setting, in Arrowhead, rain, all the elements that are coming down on you. Exactly, prime time. There was a weather delay at halftime causing all of the, you know, players to sort of have to reset right came right back in and continued their dominance. Right. Yeah. They, he was a man on a mission that night. The Bills were in general I mean, you can just think back to the AFC Championship game when we put it on them. You see the confetti coming down. We're going back to the Super Bowl, getting the Lombardi, or I'm getting getting the Lamar Hunt Trophy yeah, rather. Yep, yep. And there's a shot of Stephon Diggs watching and sobbing, and you know taking that pain in so that he can reflect back on that, so he can say, you know, I never want to be here again. Right. I yeah. don't want to be in this spot ever again. Right. And that whole team, I think, used that as motivation on Sunday night. Agreed. And I, I think they were, personally, I think I thought they were the favorite moving into that into the game. And I was, I mean, just shocked that we were minus three going into that game against Buffalo. I was too. A team who had shut out two teams prior to that game compared to a Chiefs team that already lost two games going into that game. Yep. Granted, we've played probably the hardest schedule in the NFL so far, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bills own the AFC right now. Is there a tight race? You're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, you got the uh, the Ravens, who are probably your solid number two. They're four and one also. Right. Um, Cleveland mm. is a sleeper for me, three yep. and two, but they're still a sleeper for me. They've had a tough schedule like us. They have, absolutely. Lost a tough one to the Chargers mm-hmm. last weekend. So Chargers are up there. We can't forget Lost about a those guys. Lost tough one to us. You're right, yeah. Um, yeah, they could easily be 5-0. and Yeah, 100%. So, um, I think they got to stay healthy and they'll be all right. But yeah, Bill's on the AFC. I think they, and they, they're going to take, they are going to have to take care of their, their schedule. Um, if they lose the one seed, I think it's because they do it to themselves, right? Yeah. I mean, they own their own destiny, so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just going back to that to that schedule these AFC teams are going to continue to beat up on each other right i mean the way that the schedule is laid out this year we faced four out of the five teams that the chiefs faced alone 
are all currently holding playoff spots. Right. You know, the Chargers have had a similar run. The Bills haven't had much of a test. They really have just faced us and then kind of a middle-tier Steelers team. And then you're looking at Cleveland, who has played the Chiefs. They've played the Chargers. They've played some other tough teams along the way. So it's going to be one of those things that every time these high-caliber teams clash— you're going to see sort of a shift in the standings and all these tiebreakers are going to be interesting to see how how it plays out, honestly. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> Especially with, this is kind of off track a little bit, but I think the league is very top-heavy right now where you know, you've got your five to six really, really good teams in the AFC and the NFC, and then there's just a huge gap between those teams and everyone else. We honestly saw that last year, too, at the end of the season. Right, yeah. we were all, we were talking about which ten and six teams not going to make it in the AFC. Yeah, and there was three or four of them, three or four teams you're talking about getting in the those mix. last two spots. Yeah. yeah, or last spot. I think that competition obviously builds the NFL and brings more uh, anticipation. Or I don't I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but um, excitement, y- excitement. You yeah. want to watch this, you know? You're watching Week 17 instead of oh, you know. Pat's not playing. Travis Kelsey's not playing. Tyreek's not playing. Not that that was a scenario last year. Right. Um, I think it was actually, but well, yeah, they sat out that last. Right. Game. But though, but now, I mean, you're watching those games because they mean something now. You know. Yeah. So. And the way the schedule stacked, there were there were there's only one undefeated team, and through three weeks, there was only like two of them left. Right. And usually, you've got four or five different teams that go on their you know early season runs. You had the Steelers last year. The Chiefs put on a good good run to start the season. And that's just off the top of my head. There were a few others as well. Um, but this year, you know, you got those crucial matchups early in the season. And uh, it just shows how, you know, how that they, they bunch the schedule up that way. And I'm excited for week 17 too. I don't right. think there's going to, or week, it's week 18, 18 now. now. Yeah. I don't think there's going to be a ton of sitting out. No, like I don't think said. so either. I think there's a lot, maybe Bills, Ravens, you know. <clears throat> there's always going to be those two teams, three teams that lock mm-hmm. it in. But um, as far as the one seed, as far as the one seed, we could see the Bills facing the Ravens for that one seed end of week 17, week 18 this year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or the Chargers or the Browns, you know, whoever it may be. Bills are probably going to win 15 games this year. Mm. Yeah, I'm on the road. They're on. I'm not sure what their schedule looks like, but um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if I, they went 15 and two. Right, they've I got think, that caliber of a I team. I think they stay consistent, and Josh Allen's probably going to ride into the MVP. You yep. know, unless if not Kyler. Yeah, I think. I think the. I mean, we could talk about this a little bit more later, or we can talk about it right now. You know, yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Um, Cardinals fall off at some point. They're just going to mm-hmm. trip on themselves. Um, probably lose four or five, maybe. Yeah, probably four or five games, maybe six. You know, six is a stretch. I think yeah. that's a solid football team, but they're going to stumble a little bit. Um, Justin Herbert could run this deal and actually have a solid, you know, fourteen win, thirteen win season. And I think if if it's one or two games, I think Herbert gets it. I think he gets has the edge on him. Mm-hmm. Um, just how I mean, how he's performed thus far. I mean, he's obviously he's got to continue that moving down the road. But right, um, yeah, I can see Bills fifteen wins this year, man, and that's a if you got 15 wins, you're getting the number one seed. It would not surprise I don't, me. I don't um, think the Ravens have that capability. 13 is probably <clears throat> their ceiling. We've seen too much, 
too many errors from the Ravens, I think, to really to really get to that point. The way the Bills have been playing, obviously they had a tough week one against the Steelers where they barely they lost by one possession. It was less than a touchdown. But the way they've dominated contending teams and, you know, to sh- I mean, you can say, yeah, they shut out the Dolphins and the Texans, blah, blah, blah. But it's hard to do that in the NFL, period. Right. Shut out a team completely to keep your foot on the gas so hard on the defensive side of the ball, especially when they're slinging the ball at the end of the game right. and continue that pressure to to, sh- to force the zero. Right. Into I that mean, two shutouts column. and the highest scoring offense in a league right now. Yeah. That's two polar opposites that you absolutely want on your team. It's you crucial. Know? That's how you win football games. It's crucial. Yeah. That's a big damn deal. Absolutely. That's, that's a 15-win team. Their point differential has to be triple digits. Right. They're yeah. averaging like 35, 37 a game or something. Mm. That's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. Let's kind of move forward. We've, we've been on that one for a minute. Um, a couple other things we want to highlight from, from week five. <clears throat> Jamar Chase is kind of emerging as the rookie of the year on offense in my mind. Right. Thank yeah. God they painted stripes on the football. Oh yeah. <laughs> How the hell else was he gonna catch it? <laughs> yeah, he's a stud though. Definitely got him in fantasy, so I'm not mad about that. Oh yeah. Um Russ Wilson out four to six weeks. He practiced this mm-hmm. week. Did you see that? <laughs> yes, I did. That was a stud. Then they threw him on the IR, but I mean he can still, you know, run drills or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He's I think been, he's back after the IR. He's when, in once IR three weeks. He, yeah, he's, he, he's three probably week? playing. Yeah, I'm sure he's probably already ahead of schedule. The guy's very disciplined. Right. Yeah. You know, very yeah. disciplined. Yeah. Whatever he can give himself to, as an advantage, he's going to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. He's kind of got the preparation of Peyton Manning. Is what he kind of reminds me of. Oh, high IQ guy yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. You know, speaking of Peyton Manning, the Colts. I think they're the best one in four team I've seen in a long time, especially after that Monday night performance. Yeah, they're solid. I mean, they had issues at the quarterback with injuries, um, mm-hmm. and they don't really know who's going to be in this week, who's not. Jonathan right. Taylor had a rough start to the season. Um, he didn't have a, he didn't kick the season off like he played last year. Yeah. Um, but the last two games, he's been a stud. I think he continues that. He's showing out. Yeah. So I mean, that's uh. They had a, a shitty schedule. I mean, kind of going back to what we were just talking about, right? I mean, we were seeing all these teams beat up on each other, and they just got beat up on, you know what yeah. I mean? So It's one of those things. Are they going to be bad the rest of the year? I mean, they, I think they'll go 500. You know, I don't, I don't think they're going to be sub-500. But Yeah, the toughest part of their schedule is over. You know, yeah. They played Seattle with, with Russ. They played the Niners. They played the Rams, the Ravens. And then I think they had Jacksonville. They have Jacksonville this week, right? So maybe Miami. They played Miami. They played Miami. That yeah. was their one win. Yeah. So, I mean, the toughest part of their schedule is has come and gone. Yeah. So the rest of the time is where they need to start picking up those Ws and try and position themselves for a wild card. <clears throat> Can Carson Wentz play consistently and do that? That's going to be the big question. We've never seen that in his career. Not so in I'm a long no. time. Saying Not no. since that Super Bowl year. And then he got hurt. Right. And Nick so, Coles. you know, that injury bug prevails yeah. on him. Yeah. Here comes Robin, right? Batman yeah. Robin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, week four MVPs. you got to give it to Mark Andrews. Um, Grandma died the week before. Yep. And then he comes out with a show like he did. Um, just a little background on the uh, on the Ravens. Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown own half the receiving yards for that football team. Um, everybody wrote Hollywood Brown out. Yep. Because he had a shitty season last year. Especially if you play fantasy, you were kind of butthurt about that. Yeah. Um, that was me. 
Yeah, but, uh, I was not happy with him either. No. <laughs> um, NFC, you have to go, give it to the Ageless Wonder. I mean, this guy is better than he's ever been. Mm-hmm. Is this not the craziest shit? Nobody's talking about it either. Nobody's it's talking about Tom Brady. It's been very low key. I know. Nobody talked about the Bucks last year either, though. But that's how he loves it. How did he's? Is he paying somebody at Sports Center <laughs> or ESPN to not do not talk about my football team? Slides them. I don't want, a, a I don't note want with any a... press on my football team. You know what I mean? <laughs> what the hell? But yeah, this dude is phenomenal. Phenomenal. He's, he's been pretty spectacular, and <clears throat> the resurgence is exactly what you said. Nothing we've ever seen before. Guys, forty-four years old oldest quarterback to do all of these things that he's doing right now. I mean, no one else has been able to have the longevity and play at the caliber that he's been able to play at thus far. And and the fact that he is leading the league in passing yards and on pace to beat Peyton Manning's passing record, granted there's an additional game this year for him to do that, but even if there wasn't, he would be on pace to do it. Oh, really? Yes. He has wow. more yards through the first five games than Peyton Manning did the year he set the record. Yeah, I mean, I think outside of, and I don't know, that I haven't seen the stats side to side, you know, other than the year he was playing with Randy Moss, this is definitely the most dominant we've seen Tom Brady. Without a because doubt. Because every other year, it was just like him trying to orchestrate this, you know, this show, if you want to call yeah, it that. A ra- well, it's a ragtag cast, too. Right. And, you, you know, I'm bringing this guy in, and we're going to make this guy a thousand yard receiver this year with with seven touchdowns like who is this guy this guy was playing uh uh, lacrosse two weeks ago right (laughs) (laughs) i mean what the hell so i mean now we're seeing him orchestrate but also play at a dominant level Mm -hmm. which is scary it is it is and you'd expect it i mean you look at that offense the players that they have on it leonard fournette chris godwin mike evans antonio brown gronk Give all those guys an additional year to prep because a lot of those guys joined the team last year pro- or after training camp. So they didn't get that whole offseason together to right. mesh and build chemistry and, <clears throat> and, and play well with each other. And obviously Tom Brady had chemistry with the guys that were added already, you know, besides Leonard Fournette. But now that team has had more time to mesh and bring their talent in. I mean, Leonard Fournette said it to Richard Sherman – when he signed on with the Bucks, I mean, I can't believe I'm saying that out loud. Yeah. <laughs> but he said that their practices are different than anything he's ever seen because of the caliber of players you're walking across. It looks like a fucking uh, Pro Bowl roster. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like the fans would vote the whole starting lineup for the Bucks into the Pro Bowl, and it could happen. You know, but they wouldn't play because they're probably going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think the difference is this year is that. There's a lot more stiffer competition in NFC this year compared mm-hmm. to last year. Last oh, yeah. year was kind of like, well, these guys, well, Tom Brady's in the playoffs, so he's probably going to walk into the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. This year, you're looking at Rams, Cardinals. I mean, it's much more stacked. Yes, hundred percent. He's going to have a much tougher road, barring any any huge injuries. But absolutely, yeah, Tom Brady's looking. Pretty damn good. Looking like a potential MVP, which brings us into the award races. I think the MVP is kind of a two-horse race or three-horse race right now. It's Tom Brady, Josh Allen, and Kyler Murray. I mean, those guys are the three front runners. Obviously, it's a quarterback award. At this point, I think Kyler Murray is the front runner simply because he has been more of a dual threat than the other two quarterbacks and because he's 5-0. 
Right. Yeah, I think the team record goes into a big-name deal. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So if he's able to maintain that success you know, content without having a poor game, at this point you have one bad game, and you're dropping out of that race. Right, 100%. Yeah. You yeah. know? I mean, Tom Brady Herbert's right there, too. Tom's had a game, maybe even two, where he's only had, like, one touchdown. Mm-hmm. But he's also had the five-touchdown game. Yeah. With like, almost 500 yards. Right, and he's thrown for over 400 yards two times already this season. Right. So... Yeah, I mean, I think I agree. But if you're talking about dual threat, Lamar's got to be the guy. He's right there. Top fr- 10. Fringe guy, too. Top 10 in passing and rushing. Mm-hmm. He's number eight rushing God, in the that's NFL. That's crazy. It's nuts. That's crazy. He's he's definitely going to be one of those guys that consistently runs for 1,000 yards. Yeah, he, he's got to stay healthy, though. You know? Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a big deal when you run the ball like that. Well, there was a couple of plays where he lowered his shoulder. On Colts players, I'm like, what the hell are you doing, dude? You got to know better than that yeah. to slide. And he, you know, his favorite player was Michael Vick. You had to have seen that that dude couldn't slide and suffered the consequences yeah, from did, it. Yeah. You know, his body took a beating the years that he was active and, and doing the fantastic things he was doing. And it, and it ended up costing his team in the long run because he wasn't able to perform at that level. Right. So, I mean, he's just got to be conscious of that. And, yes, 100% stay healthy. For Offensive Player of the Year, I'm looking at Derrick Henry still. I mean, the guy is the running back in the NFL. It's a wrap. There's no other It's a wrap. There's no other running back that can do it. And unless there's a wide receiver that all of a sudden puts up 2,000 yards and double-digit 15-plus touchdowns, I don't think there's another player that can take this award from him. I don't think so either. I don't think we're going to see that out of receivers receivers group is pretty straight across the board everybody's got pretty much the same shit going on you know it's not like everybody at least the top five somebody's got the like the number one but nobody else so i'm throwing this guy every play it's not that Mm -hmm. right so i think it's gonna stick with derrick henry and he's not gonna fall off let's be honest man like he he is that offense even though they have the aj brown the julio tanny hill you know, even though that guy's not the not the guy. Kind of falling off. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he is that offense, you know? Absolutely. Wherever he goes, you can ex- expect Hunter plus with a touchdown or two. Definitely. Definitely. And, uh, there's 15 teams out here that can't get that out of three running backs. Yeah, know? they have a whole platoon that gets 100 right, yards. yeah. <laughs> and I'm laying any prop bet I can on Derrick Henry. Yeah, I'll tell 100%. you what, those yards props, they're usually in the 115 range. That dude is average like 120 yards, 127 a game in that right. range. So, right. Plus, he's scoring multiple touchdowns a game. Multiple. So <clears throat> that's a free nugget for you guys. Lay that prop. <laughs> <laughs> as far as uh, defensive player of the year goes, I mean, it's it depends on what you like. It's either going to be Trevon Diggs at this point. It's either going to be Trevon Diggs in the secondary, leading the league with six interceptions through six five games, or it's going to be Miles Garrett. I don't think you can't you cannot not give it to Diggs. Six picks. They led the league was led last year with ten. Mm-hmm. Last time it went over ten was like two thousand four or seven or some shit by some guy I don't even know. Yeah, those random one off guys. Yeah, right. Yeah, so I mean he's on obvious trajectory to break any record that's ever been broken the interception record's 14 and it's like a five-way tie from a bunch of old heads right you know yeah. guys that <laughs> guys that you know played back in the 50s and 60s yeah yeah back when 
you know, dropping back in the pocket, it was a three step and you just heaved it up. You know, yeah. there's no reads what or is anything. He doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hundred percent. Comeback player of the year has got to be Dak. 100%. He looks damn good. He's in the MVP MVP race. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's maybe, top ten odds. Yeah, he's maybe sixth or seventh, but he's in the race. Um, and then coach of the year has got to be uh, Cliff Kingsbury down there at uh, down there in Arizona. Yep, lone undefeated. Got to give it to him. All right, Chiefs talk. Let's move on to uh, what the Chiefs are doing. Um, this is this one stings a little bit still. Yep. A little sour about this still, but uh, we're gonna bring this in with E Coffee. So check these guys out, www.eroastcoffee.com. That's two E's at the front of that. Um, check them out on IG. They do a monthly giveaway um, on their Instagram. Check them out at eroastcoffee um, on Instagram once again. You can subscribe 12 months, 6 months, 3 months. You can go get you some Rad Kingdom, Ethiopian blends, Congo, and Colombian. Colombian, man. Oh, man. <laughs> and then uh, get you some swag, man. You can get hats, mugs, stickers. They are KC local, so you want to rep those KC local support companies them. and support the small guys. So I'm um, definitely a, a hard believer in that. But uh, moving into Chiefs talk, uh, let's talk about last weekend, Dan. Yeah, man. I mean, you're looking at that post-game conference. Andy Reid comes up. I've never seen him more defeated in his time here in Kansas City, to be honest with you. And there was a point where we started 1-5 one year. I think it's because he knows what he has this year. He knows what he has, comes up to the podium, and has to deal with the fact that they're not meeting the expectation that everyone has, which is Super Bowl or bust. Right. You know? So right. <clears throat> that's that's got to be a lot of pressure on him. He's dealing with a lot personally right, with yeah. what's going on with right. him. And then uh, on top of that, you know, there's no quick fix in sight. No, there's not. It looks like something that we're going to be dealing with. The issues that our team has seem like things that we're going to have to deal with for a while. They are long-term issues, yes. Yeah. It's not something where you can go pick up um, somebody off of off of IR or somebody off of the free agency and be able to plug them in and fix it right now, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what I... I mean, yes, he looked down in that press conference, but... There's been like a stigma or like a dark cloud over this team all the way back into the preseason and all the way back into the Super training Bowl. camp. You know, I just feel like maybe it's just me, you know, but I feel like Andy's like not in it as hard as he was or how hard as he has been, you know. It really, for me, I, I know exactly what you're talking about and it's felt that way for me since the incident with his son. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's very true. That That's that takes a toll, man. Yep. Since since that incident, you know, we had Eric Fisher go down with the Achilles. We had a patchwork offensive line. We got manhandled in the Super Bowl. <clears throat> We've had, you know, not a lot of high profile signings. We were able to pull off a nice little trade there to boost some confidence, but there are some players we weren't able to get extensions done with. You have the Frank Clark issues that are going on off the field. You've got your defense performing poorly in the regular season. Even though the the preseason, I thought showed a lot of promise in our team. Agreed, I agree. Because we were 100%. able to to play really well. I mean, that one preseason game we went to here at Arrowhead, we saw them methodically drive down the field against a Minnesota defense that's not terrible, and he they they scored. Yeah, hung twenty eight like quick and like yeah exactly. So it's and then we come in week one and you know barely get a win off, lose, lose win against the Eagles, lose to the Bills at home. It's just been, you know, 
six or so weeks of tough, tough pills to swallow. Yeah. Tough bills to swallow. Tough bills to swallow. Yeah. Oh yeah, they I mean, yeah, swallowed all right. It, it, <laughs> it feels like we can't catch up or you can't catch your breath. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and maybe that's what the bye week does for us. What week we get when do we have a bye week? Somewhere mid November? Uh week twelve. So, you know, maybe that's what we need, but there's a lot of football in between now and week twelve, right? Yep. Um but yeah, that was just an observation that I made. You know, we I think we talked a little bit about throughout the week just you and i mm-hmm. um that that press conference looked kind of down and then i was like you know what it's not really far from the norm of what we've seen lately so yeah. i don't want to say this out loud because it's it i believe in like uh bad juju but i feel like andy's just winding down he's, he's gonna call it quits and and sometime soon man i you know, that's one of the hot takes I've been keeping to myself. I know, because you don't I want don't want to speak loud. it into existence. But, you know, since we're opening that can of worms, I'll just jump into it. Um, you know, it has not looked like he's been in it. He looks like he's aged 10 years over the last seven months, eight months. And <clears throat> he had a health problem. He had to go to the hospital earlier this year. It's given me vibes of like what Gary Kubiak went through when he was over in Denver. Even coming off of a Super Bowl win, he had to hang it up because it just, his, his body just wasn't in it. His mental wasn't in it. And so I'm feeling that way about Andy Reid. And it really sucks because not only is he like a phenomenal coach and uh, you know surefire Hall of Famer, but he's just a great guy in general. Right, he's got a yeah. great outlook on life. Very positive, very respectful, you know, at least from what we've seen right. in his pressers and the way that he interacts with his players and, and opposing players and coaches as well. So <clears throat> it's tough to see that. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I, I definitely see it feels like there's writing on the wall. I agree. Yeah. I mean, you got to call it what it is. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is all theoretical, obviously, but I mean, this is what we're seeing, you know, and, and you really can't deny it. I mean, you can because you don't want to believe it, but it really, it is what it is. You know, and I hope things turn out better for him, you know, with his son and his, his health. That's, you know, absolute number one, but mm-hmm. um, I don't want to lose him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. You as, know as, I mean? as corny as that sounds, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm, I mean, there's no other way to put it. Right. I mean, you don't want to like, lose him. I feel like he's coached us for 20 years now, and I don't want to not have Andy Reid as our coach because I don't know what that I don't know what that looks like. Well, we've seen our team grow from two and 14, terrible worst year in franchise history, yeah. all the way into what it is today. We've reached the highest of the peak. You know, taste the sweet nectar of the, of the Super, Super Bowl, Bowl championship. Yeah. Right. So. Um, you don't want to go back to what was then, and you don't know what life after Reed is going to look like. Right. Yeah. I think change is just scary in all in all, but without a doubt, especially yeah. in sports. <laughs> um, but I think change would be good on the defensive side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I'm ushering in change for that side of things. So, yeah. just a quick. To wrap up Chiefs talk, there's some reports showing that we might trade for Marlon Mack. How do you feel about that? I'm completely out on that. Yeah. One, he hasn't produced in two years. And two, why spend money on that? It's 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 going into week six here. Mm-hmm. We have two solid running backs that can come in, fill the void for at least three weeks. We don't know what the CEH injury looks like or the extent of it or how long. But I think you have to sit on this and say, next man up. Mm-hmm. Who's up? 
who's going to, you're in the NFL, you got to play to this caliber. You're playing on, I mean, not the statistically number one offense in the league right now, but you're playing on the number one offense in the league right now. So yeah. you need to step up and you got to, you got to play the part, right? There's that's most why, talent there. That's why, you, that's why we brought you in. So I'm completely out on Marlon Mack. I don't want to trade a pick for him. I think that's outrageous. Yep. Especially when you can pick a guy up off free agency and plug him in without for free, right? Yep. Well, not for free. You got to pay him. But and grab Todd for Gurley for a mil. Right, yeah. 1.5. Yeah, we so, got the cap space. Right. I mean, that's my take. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't want this to happen. But if it were to happen, obviously, we're not Brett Veach. We can't veto that trade. We're not Clark Hunt. Um, unfortunately, we don't have that right. that namesake. But, you know, if you we are to surrender anything for a running back... It cannot be more than a sixth. You know, a seventh would be ideal for a running back who's on an expiring contract, especially. Um, but a sixth is the absolute ceiling for that. It cannot be more than that. If it is, we're screwing ourselves. I agree. I agree. So, power rankings, top 10. I've got Cardinals, Bills, Buccaneers, Rams, Chargers to round out my top five. With the Cowboys, Packers, Ravens, Browns, and Titans right there on the edge. The 10 spot was tough for me. I agree. If you look at the standings, there's a lot of three and excuse me, three and two teams. There's a lot of, you know, it's interchangeable in my mind for that. Yeah, for that like spot. three or four teams. Right, exactly. What do you got? So uh my top ten, I got I gotta give it to the Bills, the most dominant team in the NFL the last four weeks. Um then I'm going Cardinals, Bucks, Rams, uh Chargers. Uh, I think they're a solid number five. I think it caps right at that. I think there's a distinction between the top five mm-hmm. and the, and the and next everyone five. everyone else. Yeah. <clears throat> After that, I got Packers, then Ravens. I'm putting the Cowboys in the top ten. <laughs> I know that hurts you. It does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, last week, I called Laredo out, and he, and he uh, shot me a text the other night, and I told him I had to bite my tongue. Um, but they are my top 10 now. <laughs> then I got the Browns. And then I put the Chiefs in there. Um, specifically based on um, two things, really. Uh, strength of schedule. Mm-hmm. And then if these teams play head-to-head, who I thought they would who I thought would win. Yeah, um, that's so, a good way to evaluate it. So I'm it. taking Chiefs at my at my 10 there, even though they're, they're a 2-3 and three team. Um, bottom five, we're pretty consistent here, you and I. Yeah. Um, Jags, Texans, Jets. And then I'm giving the edge to the Giants over the Lions. Lions haven't won a football game yet, and I'm starting to lose hope in them. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, the Giants hung 20-something on um, the Cowboys without Mm -hmm. Saquon and without Daniel Jones for half the game. And they beat the Saints this year. Right. So, I mean, I'm... I'm giving them some, some sort of credit here. Giving them some love. I don't blame you. I've got Jags, Texans, Jets... Giants, Lions. The reason I put the Lions over the Giants is because I think the the Lions are like ten points across four games away from getting wins, you know, against some pretty stiff competition. And the Giants are destroyed with injuries right now. Their roster is ravaged. So that's kind of like why I put the Lions above it. Plus, I really have a shit ton of respect for Dan Campbell. Man Campbell, as I I've heard him, yeah. I heard him called, you know, and that presser he did at the end of their game last week, he got a little emotional, you know. It just shows how much fucking passion and fire that guy yeah, has. Yeah, you his have team. to love that shit. I love oh, yeah. it. Oh yeah, me too. I feed off that. It made me want to like. That was my coffee that morning. I watched that video. You know, I didn't even need a cup. <laughs> 
So week six preview, we're going to rush through this one and jump into fantasy football and get the odds going. That way you guys can get some picks in. So got some buys. First week of buys this week. Saints, Niners, Falcons, Jets will not be playing. If you got them on your fantasy team, those players from those teams, get them out of your lineup. We'll talk more about that here in a second. I know the show's favorite matchup this week is Chargers at Ravens. That's a game that's sure to have some fucking fireworks. 100%. And it's going to carry a lot of ramifications for the AFC playoffs. Right, yeah. We've had numerous weeks this year where we've had top 10 teams playing each other. Uh, numerous games. Mm-hmm. We've had top 10 teams playing each other throughout the season this year. Oh, yeah. So I love I love the matchups that you know maybe they knew, maybe they didn't, but they've put it together a hell of a schedule this year. Oh, without a doubt. And, you know, and that's to say this week is on the lighter side of that. You right, know, there's yeah. really like three marquee games that we could look at. The one we just mentioned, Cardinals, Browns, and Bills, Titans. Outside of that, you know, Steelers and Seahawks could have been good if Russ was healthy. Agreed. Um, but the rest of them are kind of like, you know, you know who's going to win those games. Right. Maybe some of the lower tier teams who are playing each other, those are a little bit of a mystery and could sh- uh, pan out to be a good game. Vikings, Panthers looking at you. But... The way that this schedule has played out has been awesome. Every every week has been so exciting and and has carried so much uh, high caliber plays, huge ramifications for the playoffs. You've got mano y mano master quarterbacks, you know, matching up against each other. Yep. it's been a lot of fun to watch. Hundred percent. Yeah, I love this shit. Now for some storylines going into this week. Geno Smith gets his first start since he started for the Giants back in 2017. That's going to be interesting to see. No doubt. <laughs> the Patriots play the Cowboys. My question to you is, which fan base is worse? Who do you dislike the most? I know my answer. I'll let you go with yours first. I'm going with the Raiders. <laughs> ah, I love that answer. I do love that answer. Oh, damn. Uh, but out of those two, I'm saying the Cowboys. Man, it's hard not to say the Cowboys here, but I'm going Patriots. I can't stand Boston fans, period, though. Okay. Uh, uh, Elaborate. Any any team. The Red Sox. Tell us how you feel. The Bruins. You know, I don't even really care that much about hockey. <laughs> Celtics fans. They are spoiled. They're the most spoiled fan group in sports history because of the amount of championships that they were able to achieve. So they just walk around entitled. And that's kind of the Patriot way. Is this entitlement? Yeah, it is. This fucking entitlement that they have. And it just stems from their Boston sports culture, which, trust me, if Kansas City had some sports lineage like what Boston has where we're just winning titles every two years in whatever sport, I might feel that way too. Right, 100%. So I'm not knocking them for the way that they feel. I just hate that they get to feel it. I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling pretty fragile right now as a Kansas City fan. <laughs> my pride is getting the best of me when it yeah. comes to looking at Boston's trophy case. Yeah. So that's my answer and why I feel that way. Um, you know, Raiders, I'm excited to see how they bounce back without Gruden. They, they let the special teams uh, coach sort of take the reins of interim head coach, and that you see that a lot. Honestly, whenever a head coach resigns, wink, wink, or gets fired. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see how they bounce back against division rival Broncos. I don't think the Broncos are as good as their schedule sugge- or as their record suggests. They're three and two. They on a two game lose streak because they played two quality teams for yeah. the first time. Teddy Bridgewater's got a part in that though, as far as being healthy. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, th- th- he can definitely lead the team to victory. I'm not sa- against the Ravens. He could. 
or Raiders, rather, not the Ravens. (laughs) (laughs) But I just don't see it happening this week for the Raiders, um, mostly because of that coaching change and because of the mental distraction that came along with it. Right. Okay. Yeah, 100%. So look for some sleepers there. (laughs) Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. So undefeated, winless. We know the Cardinals are undefeated. They've got the Browns this weekend. Jaguars, Lions, both of those teams have not won games. Lions play the Bengals. Jaguars play the Dolphins. What do you make of those three? I think Jags got the best bet on getting out of this club here mm-hmm. against the Dolphins. Uh, I think Cardinals beat the Browns. I think Lions come somewhat close, but I don't think they can pull it out against the Bengals, man. Bengals are An- solid. Another close loss. Do you think their Dan Campbell's heart can handle it? I think the – I mean, you probably need to check on your friends from Detroit. <laughs> give them a call yeah. let them know you're courtesy thinking about call. them <laughs> every just set an alarm for every monday morning <laughs> courtesy call to my detroit friends hey just want to let you know i care about you right <laughs> <laughs> just because you haven't won doesn't mean i don't love you right <laughs> <laughs> all right jump us into fantasy dan who are you starting this week and Man. then i'll go through some sits yeah absolutely there's four starters that you got to have in your lineup we're just going to give you one lineup to rule them all. Joe Burrow playing against Detroit. He's got the uh, very poor secondary from Detroit coming in. <clears throat> Him and Jamar Chase have been connecting. He's getting CJ Uzomoa, Uzomoa uh, activated. And that guy's been been catching some passes, had a few good games. And not to mention T. Higgins is healthy and coming back. And you've got Tyler Boyd, who has been rock solid for those guys over there. So, right. And Joe Mixon's healthier. So that offense is going to flourish this week, and I would expect Joe Burrow to put up some numbers and uh, put a little honorable mention for Jamar Chase in there. Jonathan Taylor's got to start for you. Uh, this guy started off Monday Night Football with a 76-yard touchdown reception on a screenplay, just blew up the Ravens' defense with that play, and then continued on to have a great night after that. A lot of times you see just the one big play, and then they kind of tail off. Jonathan Taylor said, fuck that, I'm going to keep going, and was able to add a rushing touchdown and had over 120 all-purpose. So the guy is going to do that again this week against Houston when uh, you know they get to take on that weak-ass defense they got over there. Right, absolutely. Terry McLaurin, wide receiver for the Washington football team. He's my number one receiver to start this week. He's taken on the Chiefs' weak secondary. We've seen so many receivers have big games against our team this year and quarterbacks as well which we can get into that in a minute but the washington football team really just has one clear-cut wide receiver target and terry mclaurin's going to get the lion's share of course then we got to go to dawson knox the guy's been on a tear scoring touchdowns putting up yards getting receptions he's been a ppr machine as well so quickly rising is one of josh allen's favorite targets so get him in your lineup if he's not one of your starters i mean he's tied in three in most leagues PPR format, so get him in there. Who do we have for sits, Trey? So for sits, we're looking at Sam Darnold. He's going against uh, Minnesota, but without Christian McCaffrey, this guy really hasn't been able to figure it out on his own. Um, coming in three weeks in a row, we're like, holy shit, Sam Darnold, look what the Jets did. You know, they got rid of this guy, and he's good. False. <laughs> That's not the case. Not true. Um, running back, Dalvin Cook. He's going against Carolina. We just talked about that. Spicy. Yeah, so, I mean, they have the number one rushing defense in the league. Dalvin Cook is uh, somewhat healthy, we're looking at. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, with that Minnesota team, you're looking at a one-two punch there with uh, Madison in the backfield. So, I mean, if Dalvin Cook's not feeling 100%, I could see them sitting 
Dalvin Cook um, midway through the game or if he tweaks something, you know, they're going to plug Madison right in um, to be that guy. Uh, for wide receiver, we're looking at A.J. Brown. Um, that's kind of a one-two punch there in Tennessee with uh, Julio. And it, it, Dan and I kind of talked about this earlier. Um, it's either one or the other moving into each week, right? Either A.J. Brown's got 100 yards and a touchdown or it's Julio with 100-plus yards mm-hmm. and a touchdown. So um, sitting A.J. Brown. And then tight ends this week, we got Dalton, uh, Dalton Schultz. Um, New England is the number one uh, defense against the tight end this far into the season. Um, so uh, he's been hot. He's been uh, Dax, like kind of a uh, guy to just bounce into um, right there if he's in trouble or in pre- under pressure, whatever it may be. Um, but once again, New England's tough against the tight end, and you're looking at you're playing Big Billy up there in New England, right? So <laughs> um, that's a tough guy. He's always got a solid defense, always. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't blame you there. So we got a couple sleepers too. Uh, Taylor Heineke taking on the Chiefs secondary. Plug him in if you got an opportunity. If you're in a quarterback crunch, you can count on that guy to put up some numbers this week. Maybe he throws a pick. The Chiefs are due for a forced turnover. But the dude's going to have at least two touchdowns, and I would see at least 300 yards for him this week. So Daryl Williams could bust out this week. He gets the nod as the starter with CEH being out. I don't think, and Trey and I kind of talked about this earlier, but I don't think that they trust Jarek McKinnon just quite yet to take the reins there. We did bring up running back Derek Gore off of the practice squad who will maybe come in and just take some supplementary carries, give those guys some breaks. But Daryl Williams could pan out pretty well. It was his first real opportunity to get the bulk of the carries here in Kansas City. So, you know, he's a hard worker. He's a grinder. He's been in the offense for the last three seasons. So I can see him really kind of taking this opportunity and literally running with it. Yeah, so something on Darryl Williams, uh, Darryl Williams real quick. He's got four carries in the red zone. Okay. Two of which are touchdowns. Wow. Yeah, that's plug him in. I mean, that's yeah. he's going to get those carries again prop. this week. Yeah, play, play oh, the prop. Mm-hmm, you like. <laughs> plug it. <laughs> so wide receiver, Emmanuel Sanders. It's hard to put this guy down as a sleeper. But, be, but because of how the Bills offense is structured, you don't know who's going to get the scores. One week it could be Zach Moss, one week it could be Dawson Knox, one week it could be Emmanuel Sanders, and I think it could be this week for him again. He got two touchdowns against the Chiefs. He is kind of a Chiefs killer, notorious for performing really well against us and fucking us up. Um, Also hate that guy because he verbally committed and then signed with the Broncos. So it really, that dude rubbed me the wrong way forever. But, <laughs> but you know, I would plug him in the lineup if he can. And then Hunter Henry, uh, he's part of a two tight end set. Johnny Smith and, and him over in, in New England kind of take the, the bulk of the snaps at tight end. They run a lot of two tight end sets. Hunter Henry's kind of been coming into his own the last couple of weeks. Agreed, getting a yeah. lot of targets from Mac Jones. Mac Jones has been playing better. He's getting more comfortable in the offense and within his role. Yep, I was about to say, it looks like he's he's developing more and more each week, which mm-hmm. is cool to see. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, it's crazy because a lot of the quarterbacks that come out after three years, I don't think they get as accustomed to the offense as much as the quarterbacks that spend four years in college do. Um, you, you know, Joe Burrow, for instance, he was a four-year man in Ohio State and LSU. And we got Mac Jones, who spent four years in Alabama, is coming out and kind of just he has the maturity I think is the difference maker for him when you compare him with the rest of the quarterback class that came out agreed so 
Play the odds. Play the odds with the fastest 40. Absolutely. We're kind of good. Yeah. We're kind of good. I'm 8 and 4 in this section of the odds. Trey's 500 at 7 and 7. I know he plays a few more picks a week than I do usually, but <clears throat> we're. I mean, you add that together, and that's pretty nice little come up. You're going to make money with that combination. Yeah. So, 100%. My picks this week I'm taking Green Bay minus four and a half at Chicago. I think they win this game by a touchdown. I agree. So, even if there's an alt line that's plus six and a half, plus set, or minus six and a half, minus seven, you can even look at that and maybe lay a little, you know, a little hedger on that one. Um, I've got the Rams minus 10 and a half. At New York, I think that line has moved closer to nine points now because Daniel Jones is back in play. Either way, I'm taking it. Yep. Either way, I think these guys blow out the Giants this week. They they are too injured and banged up to make a difference yep. in this game this week. Now, when I put this first pick in, it was Minnesota plus one. The line has shifted dramatically back to Carolina, even though they're the home team, and it's Minnesota minus two. I'm still taking that one. I think Minnesota wins this game outright. Right. Yeah, I think that's a solid bet. Um, my picks here, I'm taking Jacksonville plus three and a half. This is before we knew Tua was playing. Take it or leave it, you know. I, you know, I may want to change something like that, but I'm fucking committed. Yeah, roll it. Buffalo minus five and a half at Tennessee. Buffalo goes in there and rolls them. And then I got Dallas minus four at New England. Uh, we've seen Dallas continuously beat. And I'm not sure what their what their uh, record is against the spread, but I'm I'm sure it's pretty fucking solid, um, outside or even probably even with that uh, Tampa Bay game. But I want to say they've covered every game this year. Yeah, so I mean, there's a surefire spread, right? I there think for I, I, lit- I think I saw that on Twitter. They've covered every game this year. Beautiful. Then I'm yep. gonna play them for the rest of the year. Keep it going. <laughs> My lock for the week. Um, I'm one and two. Dan is two and one. Arizona plus two and a half at Cleveland. I think that's moved a little bit too. It has a little bit. Um, still, still favoring Cleveland. I think it's just yeah. two points now. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm taking that either way. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And I'm taking the uh, the I almost said the Clippers, the Chargers money line <laughs> at Baltimore. The Chargers have been red hot this year. Their their offense has been fantastic. Baltimore's defense has had some injuries. I think their offense has had some injuries. And the Chargers secondary and their uh, defensive line have played fantastic this year. Right. Yeah. Joey Bosa has been strong. You got Jerry Tillery in the middle, stuff in the run, and then you've got your your secondary, Derwin James, Asante Samuel Jr. I mean, those guys are really, really showing out this year. Um, so yeah, I'm taking the Chargers money line on that one. Solid. Yeah, I think uh, if you end up in a shootout with Baltimore, you're gonna win that game with Justin Herbert. Oh yeah, without a doubt. So sleepers. I'm seven and five on my sleepers this year, which is kind of crazy. I mean, these are all bets that kind of they have some high odds. You know, it's it's all pluses usually when I'm plugging these ones in. So, uh, or it's you know minus one ten at the very least. Right. So <clears throat> these are all ones that you know I think I need to start finding a way to play them. <laughs> <laughs> Detroit plus three and a half. At home against Cincinnati, that one could very well hit. They make, you know, they've been losing by less than a field goal the majority of their losses. Yeah, three yeah. out of five yeah. have been less Check than a field goal. Check on Detroit, friends. So, so yeah, give them a call. So look for that one to hit at plus three and a half. Washington plus six and a half. The Chiefs, the last twenty games have only covered the spread three times. Um, they're in Washington, so it doesn't really push more any 
more of anything in the Kansas City's favor. So look for Washington to cover that. And then five and a half points is a lot to give somebody at home against another playoff team. You know, like the so the Titans are at home. They are a potential playoff team. They're gonna be a playoff team. They're gonna win that division. So they're giving them five and a half points at home against Buffalo. That one could very well hit. You know, I can see this being a 27-24 kind of game where, you know, the Titans maybe lose by a field goal and then you got your cover. Well, I don't I hope you don't hit that because I I took uh, Buffalo minus five and a half. So. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> uh, my sleepers, I'm taking Houston plus 10 at Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Anytime there's double digit spreads, you almost have to take the double digit spread. And you start licking your chops. Yeah, until this year, they've almost always hit. This year, it's been weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, I'm still. Houston, they've been weird too. Yeah, so I'm still taking that. Um, Carolina is plus 115 um, straight up on the money line. And then Chicago. Um, welcomes green bay in their stadium in chicago it's plus six that's a sleeper for me um, chicago pulls out a win against the raiders last week and maybe continue off on a hot streak you know mm, I mean? justin fields is the starter now yep. over there in chicago yep. so we'll see so maybe a little he... consistency does them well that it would it helped them a lot yeah help matt Nagy too <laughs> he needs all the help he can get without a doubt so parlay of the week not good. <laughs> I mean, parlays are tough to hit, man. One out of four? They're tough Is to hit. Is that good? We're uh, Trey and I are both one and three in this category. 25%. If you hit 25% of your parlays, you got to be in the plus. you got to be in the green. Yeah, I mean, I think you got to shoot for 33%. Or in the black. In the I think black, that's the end term. of season, you got to shoot for 33% on parlays. Okay. That's. I mean, that's just speaking. So over 18 weeks, we got to hit like six of them. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think that's my goal. We're five wins away. Yeah. I think I can do it if I keep placing these money line parlays. I think money line is the way to go. This is my money line parlay. It's Cincinnati, which is your only minus here. Uh, I'm sorry. It's a four-leg parlay. Cincinnati's a minus. Arizona is a plus. Cincinnati's a minus. And then the Chargers are a plus. Chargers and Arizona are on the road. Cincinnati and Minnesota are both on the road as well. But I think that this one's going to hit. It's all money line, and the odds are looking good. I think it's like uh, you'll double double your money. You end up hitting this one. So lock that one in if you can. This one's gonna nail it. I, I think might... I'll be two and five or two and three next week. Okay, let's see. I hope we're both two and three. Yeah, let's do it. So uh, mine are all money line too. I'm taking the Chargers plus one twenty, Cardinals plus one fifty, and then the Raiders plus one seventy. Mm. That's the kicker right there. That's where the money comes in. The wow. plus one seventies. I mean, against the playing, Broncos. They're playing a Broncos team that hasn't been able to prove himself against a good football team. Derek Carr slinging wrong. the ball around this year. So let's see if they can bounce back. You know, they need somebody just to take charge of the football team after the week they've had. Absolutely. And Derek Carr can do it. Derek Carr is one of those guys that, like, I mean, we saw what he looked like on the sideline after the Chiefs beat him last year. He looked like a psychopath, killer kind of guy. He's one of those guys that gets angry and does something about it. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? You got to appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, you do. And, you know, I still think he's overrated, but. <laughs> I do, too. Yeah, but the way he came out this year, he's looked solid. Yeah, he has. Uh, second in the league in passing yards. So, uh, just a hunch. What's your just a hunch for this weekend? Yeah, man? last segment. This is, uh, we got to end it on a high note here. I'm taking Kareem Hunt for my just a hunch. Nick Chubb, low key surprise injury, not playing this Sunday. Kareem Hunt's going to take full advantage of this opportunity. He's going to come out, score three touchdowns, maybe two on the ground, one through the air, or swap it. Uh, he's definitely getting one in each category and over 150 all purpose yards so kareem hunt's gonna flourish 
and really just take off, put up points, and put them in your fantasy lineup if you don't have them in there already. Yeah, that's an automatic plug for oh, yeah. Graham Hunt starting. He's a, he's an RB1 without Nick Chubb. Well, yeah, he's 100%. an RB1 on 20 other teams in the right. NFL. agreed, yeah. Uh, my just a hunch this week is Daryl Williams rushes for 75 and a score. Mm. As Dan said, player prop, that's probably looking pretty sexy because the over-under is probably at .5. Let's go. Let's go. We just need one. We just need that's one. That's all you need. And really, for the Chiefs' offense, we really just need one rushing touchdown. You Absolutely. I mean? Yeah. 75 yards is pretty sexy, too, for our offense. Mm. Juicy. Well, those are some good hunches. Yeah, I like them. They're both... I mean, the odds are probably plus 200 on both of those, maybe. Hell yeah. Plus 220. I'm probably taking that. Cool. Let's come back. <laughs> Let's come back and visit this again. And, Absolutely. And we'll we'll show everyone how right we were. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, everybody. Thank you for listening. If you made it this far, we really appreciate it. All of these views help us. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Share anything you see on social media. Um, all of that really helps us get our, our name out there and our, build our brand um and you know we'll open up some polls next week get you guys some some of your hot takes on the show some of your just a hunches and and always feel free to share those with us using that hashtag i'm searching that once a week to to pull those out and um appreciate it all right guys let's get it let's get it